Oh, my. Oh, dear, where am I? Oh, somebody dropped me off here. And I find myself sitting here in the studio. <laughs> it must mean one thing, though, to me. It's time. It's time for Sounds Like Radio is what it's time for. Yes, indeed. And your humble host is here right on time. Thanks to the guys that got me here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it is time for Sounds Like Radio. We are here with a great Gildersleeve show. And I got to tell you, today's show was kind of tough to put together the music. Yeah, remember last week? Now, I told you I'd had to get ready for this show. And I knew what was coming. It was going to be tough because the uh, theme of the great Gildersleeve today is, well, eh, kind of uh, very difficult, actually, to put music to. Well, I figured it out, friends. I figured it out. It took some searching and some high-stepping, but I got it together. Yeah, now we're ready. From January 30th of 1952, we've got a great Gildersleeve today where the judge is interested in a woman. Yes, interested in a woman. Oh, what is this? The Jolly Boys are concerned. They're afraid that the judge is being taken advantage of. They think that this here woman just wants the judge for his money. They don't believe that the judge could have a wonderful love affair like the judge thinks. Why, the judge, though, he thinks our love affair is quite wonderful. Sort of like Rosemary Clooney thinks. <laughs> Here she is to sing our love affair. Take it, Rosie. It's me for you, dear, and you for me. We'll fuss, we'll quarrel, and tears start to brew. But after the tears, our love will smile through. I'm sure that I could never hide the thrill I get when you're judge may think that his love affair is wonderful, a wonderful affair like Rosemary Clooney, but the Jolly Boys, well, 
They've got other reasons to think that the judge is just being taken advantage of. And the judge just might be acting the fool. <laughs> you know, everybody plays the fool. Yeah, I've played the fool a couple of times. You know, and you, <laughs> you're around a girl and you go crazy. You're going to play the fool, all right. Yeah. Till you learn your lessons. Yeah. Well, now, the Jolly Boys, they're really concerned that the judge is playing the fool. And they say, Judge, how long has this been going on? Sort of like the great Bing Crosby. He's wondering that himself. Here is our house singer. And how long has this been going on, Judge? Go ahead. Tell us all about it. I could cry salty tears Where have I been all these years? Listen you, now tell me do How long has this been going on? There were chills up my spine and some thrills I can't define Listen, sweet, I repeat How long has this been going on? Oh, I feel that I could melt Into heaven I'm hurt I know how Columbus felt Finding another world Kiss me once Then once more What a dance I was before What a brain well, for heaven's sake, how long has this been going on? Oh, I feel that I could melt into heaven I'm hurled. I know how Columbus felt finding another world. Kiss me twice, then once more, that makes thrice, let's make it four, what a brain, for heaven's sake, how long has this been going on? Oh yeah, you know... Even Bing Crosby is wondering how long has this been going on. That's the question we've all got to put to the judge. Just how long have you been going out with this lady, judge? Now, what's the lady's name? I'll tell you. Her name is Mona. Ooh, that sounds rather exotic, doesn't it? Mona. Well, that's who the judge is involved with, and he doesn't care if the jolly boys think that he's being made a fool of. 
Matter of fact, the judge, he believes just like Lena Horn. He says, it's fun to be fooled <laughs> when you're in love. <sighs> ah, I don't know how much fun it is, but I guess it could be. Here's Lena Horn. Spring is here. I'm a fool if I fall again. And yet, I'm enthralled by its call again. You say you love me, I know from the past. You mean to love me, but these things don't last. Fools rush in to begin new love affairs. But tonight, tonight, my dear, who cares? Fun to be fooled. Fun to pretend. To believe love is unending. Thought I was done. Still, it is fun being fooled again. song ended kind of fast, didn't it? I wasn't, wasn't ready for Lena to stop singing so fast. Lena, you gotta warn me next time you're coming near the end of the song, so I, I know to jump right in. Well, here I am. I jumped in. I'm, my feet is wet. I jumped in. That was Lena Horn. Fun to be fooled. 
Yeah, I guess it can be fun, but it also can be torture to be fooled, especially when you're head over heels in love. Well, the judge, I hope the judge isn't head over heels in love because, well, I just hate to think that the judge could be made a fool of. You know, this advanced age of the judge, you'd think, it'll never happen again. But <laughs> that's the thing about lube. It can happen again, and you can be made a fool of just at any old age. Now, you know, so far I like the music of this show. You know, it was hard to think of these songs to go with the show, but so far I like the songs that are here. And uh, the songs that we don't often play, and that's why I like these uh, songs here that go with the show, and they're, they're nice songs. Here's one. Here's from Jim Reeves, and he says, A fool such as I... Uh, maybe that's what the judge is. Here's Jim Reeves and a fool such as I. I like this song. Pardon me if I'm sentimental when we say goodbye. Don't be angry with me should I cry. as I am over you you taught me how to love and now you say that we're through I am a fool but I love you dear until the day I die now and then there's a fool such as I Such as I am over you You taught me how to love And now you say that we're through I am a fool But I love you dear Until the day I die Now and then There's a fool Such as I Jim Reeves, he doesn't want to be a fool. And I don't want to be a fool either. Stop that vocalizing, <laughs> Joe Stafford. Uh, you know, she wants to sing the song too. You know, she does a good version, but uh, Joe, we're running out of time here. We got to get to the great Gildersleeve. Yeah, from January 30th, 1952. Let's listen and see what happens when the judge seems to have fallen head over heels with a lady named Mona. Ooh, sounds interesting. Let's listen now to The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine, presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) 
Each week at this time, The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. What do you say when you want to describe the freshness of something? Maybe you say it's fresh as a daisy or fresh as new-mown hay. Well, another expression you could use is fresh as a pound of parquet margarine. Every pound of parquet your grocer sells is really fresh, and that's the reason it always tastes so good. Parquet is made by Kraft. Remember, P-A-R-K-A-Y spells parquet, the margarine made by Kraft. Well, for a good many years now, the great Gildersleeve has devoted one night a week to the Jolly Boys Club, a quintet originally organized for the purpose of indulging in little barbershop singing and since held together by a strong bond of friendship and old piano wire. Me, 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 George, I'll be murdered tonight. Me, 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 It's fine recreation, my boy. After a hard day at the office, there's nothing like getting together with your old cronies. What's an old crony? It's a fellow like Judge Hooker. I thought you said he was an old goat. <laughs> well, he's a nice old goat. Dinner time! You coming, Bertie? Oh, hello, Auntie. Yeah, hello, Marjorie. Where's Bronco? Oh, he's working late at the office tonight. He says he's going to make his first million before he's 30. Who? It's quite a trick, taxes being what they are. Hello, Bertie. Oh, boy, baked ham. If you want to start passing the plates, I'll go get the macaroni and cheese. Yeah, fine, Bertie. I know you ain't to sit to that Jolly Boys meeting tonight. You bet. But I don't intend to neglect my dinner. Oh, uh, Unky, Judge Hooker phoned late this afternoon and said he couldn't be at the meeting tonight. Ooh, that's strange. The judge never misses. Well, he said he had a very important engagement and that she was very engaging. She? What do you suppose you meant by that? If it's a she, he's got a date. Judge Hooker? Could be. I think she was with him when he phoned. He was very giggly. No, Marjorie, that doesn't sound like the judge. Hot fish! Hey, thank you, Bertie. Hey, I know who, who the judge has a date with tonight. Judge Hooker has a date? He gave me that impression, Bertie. I saw him with a lady today. Well, you did? Leroy, just because you saw the judge with a woman doesn't mean he has a date tonight. He'd never have a date on Jolly Boys Night. Well, maybe he's given up singing for women. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My, my, so the judge is stepping out. Unky, wouldn't it be funny if after all these years the judge would suddenly get married? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> maybe he's eloping tonight. Yo, posh. Unky, you think the judge could still carry a lady down a ladder? <laughs> Now, wait a minute. All of you are jumping at conclusions. Speculating about something is none of your business. The judge phoned and said he wouldn't be at the meeting tonight, and you immediately try to make something out of it. Start rumors flying. The fact that Leroy saw Judge Hooker with a woman today doesn't mean a thing. Aunt, she was a very attractive woman. That still doesn't mean a... What did she look like? <laughs> well, keen what I saw of her. The judge was helping her into, her car, into his car by the elbow. <laughs> I bet he's the polite one. Was she young, Leroy? Nah. About Aunt's age. 
Leroy acts young. It's certainly an attractive age. Had you ever seen her before, Leroy? No, she didn't look like Summerfield. She looked like one of those classy ads in Marge's fashion magazines. Imagine the judge with a high-fashion lady like that. Sorry, but I can't. Of course, it's none of my affair. It doesn't concern any of us. But I can't imagine a woman like that being interested in Judge Hooker. Well, you never know, Anki. The judge wouldn't be a bad catch. He has a home, a good income, and a flashy automobile. I'm just dying to know who she is. Anki, why don't you phone the judge? Why, Marjorie? Maybe you can get some more information. He can tell you, Miss Gilsley. Go ahead, Anki. Marjorie, I refuse to meddle in Judge Hooker's affairs. And I'm surprised that you want me to. I suggest that we not pursue the matter any further. Okay. Yes, sir. Just like you say, it's none of our business. I'm sorry, Anki. It isn't that we were meddling. It's just that we're all so interested in the judge. Well, I'm interested in the judge, too. And I'm not going to phone him. No, sir. Especially to find out who his mysterious, attractive lady friend is. Okay, let's not talk about it. Of course, I could call him, since he won't be at the meeting. See if there's any business he wants me to bring up. Sure. It'll be strictly business. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> judge didn't answer his phone. There was nobody at his house. On my way to the club, I think I'll drive past the Summerfield Grill. They might be having dinner there. Not that I'm meddling, but the family will be curious. Oop, there they are, the table by the window, behind the ferns. Yeah, I'll park in front for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'll just drop in casually for a cigar and, and let the judge explain. After all, as president of the Jolly Boys Club... I have a right to know what excuses they have for missing meetings. Hey, nice. The judge has a pretty good excuse. Yeah, right, George, I'll find out what's going on. Pardon me. Pardon me. Waitress, watch that soup. Well, Gilday. Judge, I didn't expect to see you here. I didn't expect to see you either, but now that you're here, I want you to meet my charming companion. Yeah, I'd like to, now that I'm here. Miss Buckley, allow me to present my friend, Mr. Gildersleeve. How do you do, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, delighted to meet you. Miss Buckley, you say? Yes, as attractive as she is, Mona hasn't seen fit to change it. Up till now. Yeah, I wonder what he means by up till now. Oh, isn't Horace wonderful, Mr. Gildersleeve? He always thinks of just the right thing to say. If I do, it's because you furnish the inspiration, Mona. (laughs) (laughs) There you go again. Oh, you see, Mr. Gildersleeve, he makes me feel so good. (laughs) Oh, brother. Mr. Gildersleeve to join us for dinner, Horace. Well, uh, Gildy, you can't join us, can you? Well, thank you very much for the invitation, Judge. Well, I've eaten. I'm on my way to the Jolly Boys meeting. Oh, yes. Well, don't let us detain you. I'm afraid I've been a little selfish with Horace since I've been in Summerfield. I've simply monopolized the dear man. Isn't this a gorgeous corsage he gave me? Uh, yes, indeed. From out of town, are you, Miss Buckley? This is my first trip to Summerfield. Prior to this, Horace has always come to see me. Oh? Where did you two meet? Oh, it is 
one of those storybook meetings. The judge dropped his briefcase and I picked it up. <laughs> it happened in Center City, Gilday. Miss Buckley's home. Uh, you know, Mr. Gildersey, from what I've seen of Summerfield, I like it better than Center City. It's been the most divine afternoon. The judge has driven me all over town. He's been showing me his property. Oh, oh. She was delighted with my home, Gilda. I just adore antiques. They make one feel so young. Uh, oh, yes. I'm sure that accounts for the judge's youthfulness and birth. Well, I've always contended that a man is as young as he feels, and I'm as sound as a silver dollar. Inflation. <laughs> I was just telling Mona that I walk a mile every morning before breakfast. He's walking into a trap tonight. Uh, Judge, can I have a word with you in private? In private? If you'll excuse us, Miss Buckley. Club business, you know. Well, will you pardon me a moment, Mona? You go right ahead, Horace. I'll look at the menu. I'm hungry. I'm going to order the biggest and most expensive steak in the house. What do you want to see me about, Gilly? Judge, do you know what you're doing? What do you mean by that? Well, it's pretty obvious to me that this woman is after your money. Gildy, I resent that. You resent it because you know it's true. Gildy, you don't know the circumstances. Yeah, don't I? Why, you're putty in her hands. And as an old friend, I don't like it. As an old friend, I don't like your interference. Judge, believe me, the woman is making a fool of you. I have eyes. I can see. Well, then you shouldn't have any trouble seeing the door. Oop. <laughs> you better run for the exit, too, you old goat, while there's still a way out. Tell you, fellas, they're practically engaged. No. Yeah, I'm sure of it, Floyd. And the only reason a woman like that would go for the judge is to get her hands on his money. And I told him so. Got a little testy, huh, Commish? Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Peavy, don't you think I did the right thing? Well, I've never found it advisable to tell a judge what to do. <laughs> yeah, just the same, the judge is being taken in. And I think it's a problem for us jolly boys. One of our members is caught in whip. Uh... Let's hear a little more about this nifty spider. Yes, how, how did they meet? She picked up his briefcase. How's that? <laughs> the judge dropped his briefcase and she picked it up. <laughs> Imagine the old judge dropping his briefcase when he sees a good-looking dame. <laughs> Just pretty coy of the judge. Yeah, fellas, we got a croquette in the club. <laughs> it's coquette, Floyd. Oh. And I know who the flirt is. She's very attractive, and the judge is spending his money like water. Steaks, corsages. Well, he, he bought a box of candy last night and said he had to meet a train. I'm sure he didn't give it to the conductor. <laughs> yeah, it all adds up, fellas. Let's face it. If we let her have her way, the first thing we know, she'll have the judge's money and property and cast him aside like an old shoe. You got any suggestions? Well, it's a drastic measure. But if we can get her interested in somebody else... It would prove our point to the judge. Well, I'm loyal to the Jolly Boys, but I'm not that loyal. I'm married. <laughs> yeah, me too. Very married. And Chief Gates is married, too. Yep, that lets him out. Fellows, stop looking at me like that. But, Commish, you're the only eligible member we got. <laughs> Happy hunting, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> but, fellows, wait a minute. What's the matter? Are you scared? No, Floyd. Well, you're the one who made the big talk about saving the judge. Yes, he did. Of course, if you don't care about the judge like you've been talking... Uh... Blabbermouth. 
Yeah, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll call her and see if I can make a date. Yeah, you take her out and buy her a big steak and a croissant. Yeah, and candy. Not so fast now, fellows. This will cost money. That woman's expensive. Since this is a club project, I think it should be financed by the club. Well, that's fair. Don't you think so, Floyd? Sure. We got about eight bucks under the piano bench there for an emergency. Well, that won't go far. But just to show how sincere I am as president of the club, I'll put in five dollars of my own money. Good for you, Commish. And I'll assess everybody else five dollars. My, man. What do you think, Peavy? Well, look at it this way, fellows. I'm the one who has to take Miss Buckley out to dinner and maybe dance. I'm the one who's really suffering. No, I wouldn't say that. Peavy. Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a moment. Whether you call them pancakes at your house or griddle cakes or flapjacks, there's one thing sure. They make a mighty satisfying breakfast. And they taste extra good when you top them with golden king-size pats of parquet margarine. Parquet is the quality margarine made by Kraft. And it tastes so good because it's always fresh. That delicious, distinctive parquet flavor blends wonderfully with the flavor of hot foods like pancakes and waffles and vegetables. Parquet tastes just as good as in every meal spread for muffins and rolls and bread. And use parquet, too, when you bake cakes and cookies. It's a grand flavor shortening. Make tomorrow the day. Tomorrow, pick up a pound or two of good-tasting, fresh-tasting parquet. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. The margarine made by Kraft and guaranteed by Kraft. You'll love parquet at every meal. Well, let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. It seems that his friend Judge Hooker has gone overboard for a pretty face. And the water commissioner got the idea the judge should be saved from her clutches. Now he's stuck with the rescue. <laughs> Coming, Bertie. Good morning, Uncle. Hi, Uncle. Good morning, Marjorie. Leroy. How was the Jolly Boys meeting last night, Uncle? Well, there were only three of us present, Leroy. Uncle, did you find anything out about Judge Hooker and his girlfriend? Yes, in fact, I met her. She and the judge were having dinner at the Summerfield Grill. My, my, so the judge is really serious. What's the score, Uncle? Well, it didn't take me long to size her up. The old judge is making a big mistake, spending all his time on that woman. Does he have another date with her tonight? No, I have. Well, that... Are you kidding? <laughs> well, I'm going to try to make a date with her. I have to phone her first. Unky, what are you up to? Marjorie, I just want to prove to the judge that she's a flirt. All I'm trying to do is keep the judge from getting involved. So you're getting involved. I am not. Anki, are you telling us everything? Just how attractive is she? Well, there's nothing wrong with Miss Buckley's looks, but... No, Marjorie, let's not get the wrong impression. What if she turns you down, Unc? Well, if she does, I'd be happy for the judge. At least it'd prove her head isn't turned by every handsome man who calls her for a date. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'll call her right now before the judge makes any plans with her for tonight. So early, Anki? Yeah, if I know the judge, he's camped in front of the hotel in a pup tent. Can I run upstairs and listen on the extension? 
Certainly not, Leroy. Could I go through for my friends? Well, maybe I won't have to take her out after all. She may not answer the phone at this hour of the morning. Good morning, Summerfield Hotel. Good morning. Will you ring Miss Buckley's room, please? Miss Mona Buckley. One moment, please. Maybe she's still asleep. Oops, she's awake. Uh, Miss Buckley? Yes. This is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, the judge's friend. I met you last night. Remember? Yes, indeedy. How are you this morning, Mr. Gildersleeve? You early bird. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I hope you won't think me presumptuous, Miss Buckley. But I wonder if you'd care to have dinner with me this evening. Dinner? That is, if you don't have any plans with the judge. I don't have any. I can't break. <laughs> I knew it. But I don't think I should. Oh? Uh, I've only known you for a few hours. Well, the answer is no? Yes. Uh, yes, you will, or no, you won't? Uh, yes, I will. <laughs> Judge Hooker told me all about you, and I feel I've known you for years. Aren't I brash? Well, uh, Mona, I guess I'm a little brash, too. Let's not say anything about this to the judge. All right, it'll be our little secret. That's the idea. (laughs) Shall we meet in the hotel lobby about six? I'll be ready. Fine. Goodbye. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes? In case you're wondering what I'm wearing tonight, it'll be a deep purple dress. Oh, I'd recognize you anywhere. Yes. Uh, but wasn't that a gorgeous corsage the judge gave me last night? Oh. <laughs> Purple dress, you say? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, well. I guess the Jolly Boys can afford flowers. I got the date. Yeah? Nothing to it, huh, Commissioner? She jumped at the chance to go out with me. She is a fickle dame. It just proves what I've known all along. She's just toying with the judge. And it's up to us to bring him to his senses. Okay, let's check signals again. When do you want me to bring the judge around so he can see you and Miss Buckley together? Yeah, and I'm meeting her at 6 o'clock. We'll be in the grill by 6.15. Yeah, how about 6.20? Hey, that's moving pretty fast. Yeah, I'm just trying to get it over with quickly, Floyd. I want to save our money. Uh-huh. She's already hit me up for flowers. Yeah? She ain't even started and she's costing you money, huh? <laughs> That's the kind of woman she is. You'd probably take every dime I assessed you fellows last night. Oh, hey, I, I nearly forgot. Here's five bucks the chief sent over by a trustee. Good. I'll need it. That's five from the chief, five from the peeve, five from me, and eight fifty out of the Jolly Boy sinking fund. Kamish, you better do a good job or you know who's sunk. You just have the judge there, Floyd, and leave the rest to me. Dinner, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, thank you, Miss Buckley. Everything is just as I like it. They must have wonderful chefs. 
I wish we had the Summerfield Grill in Center City, but guess if we had it in Center City, you wouldn't have it here, would you? <laughs> no. You were destroyed with the judge. He's two hours late. And you know, all my girlfriends are so envious of me. Here they are? Yes, I can eat anything I want to whenever I want it. Starches, proteins, potatoes, steaks, lobster. And if you ever take me out again, I want lobster. You will. Anyway, no matter what I eat, I never put on an extra pound. I've weighed the same for years and years, and all the girls say, Mona, how do you keep so slim? You must be from talking so much. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, why do you keep looking at your watch? If, well, was I looking at my watch? I'll bet you're just like me. The minute you eat a big dinner, you can't wait to jump up and go dancing. Now, where would you like to go? Me? Oh, I adore dancing. I asked the clerk at the desk, and he said there was dancing in the palm room here at the hotel. Well, we might try it. Can't stay here much longer. I've already eaten four desserts waiting for the judge. Well, pay them all and let's go. Pay them Oh, yes. Waiter, check. Yeah, I have to leave word for Floyd where we'll be. Oh, shippers are coming, we're dancing tonight. <laughs> oh, what a boat I'm in. <laughs> you're sure you're not getting tired, Miss Buckley? Why, Rocky. <laughs> no, I'm Frocky. Where is that point? Oh, I could dance forever and never, 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 never. Well, let's dance in the other direction. We circle this way 20 times. Well, you're the leader. I'll go where you want to go. Do you want to go somewhere else? Come on, come on, let's go. You well, I... I heard some college kids talk about the blue goose. Now, where's that? You well, Mona, that's a little jumpy. Well, let's jump. <laughs> I can't jump far on $3. <laughs> Blue Goose is pretty crowded. I doubt if we get a table. Well, we don't need a table here. Well, we save a little that way. <laughs> well, of course. We can get a table someplace else late tonight when we want to eat again. Zeke. I use my head, Brocky. Your little date is wide awake. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, why don't we just go out on the floor and dance? Hmm? You, well, shouldn't we wait until the music starts again? Hey, come here. You right? Over here. Who say it's Floyd? Floyd. Hey, excuse me, Mona. A barber friend of mine. I'll be back in a minute. Well, all right. Now you hurry down. Floyd, where's the judge? I've been tracking you all over town, Commish. Why don't you light someplace? You don't ask silly questions. Where's the judge? You were supposed to bring him around four hours ago. Don't get mad at me. While you've been spending our money on the dame, I've been running my legs off looking for him. Oh? You know where I finally found him about nine o'clock? Where? Home in bed. Oh, my goodness. And now I'm going home to bed. Floyd, wait. This isn't helping the judge. It's just wrecking me. Rocky, they're going to stop the music. Oh, here we go again. I'll never get home. Morning, Phoebe. Morning. Mr. Gildersleeve, it's high noon. Well, I just got up. I had a horrible night, Phoebe. You'll never know what I went through. Did you go through with my five dollars? <laughs> I went through everybody's five dollars. In fact, I had to leave my watch at the Blue Goose. My, my. Worst of all, the judge never did show up. 
Well, Summerfield's a small town. I imagine he'll hear that you were out with Miss Buckley. Yeah, I guess so. I hate to face the judge, Petey. I'm not sure I did the right thing. Oh, John. Well, he probably called her for a date last night, and when he found out she'd gone out, he went home to bed with a broken heart. Well, could be. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Gildersleeve, but would you like to slip out the back way? Ah. Here comes the judge now. No, thanks, Petey. But I'll have to face him sooner or later. Horace is one of my best friends. I'll confess the truth. Tell him I'm meddled and I'm sorry. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, hello, Judge. Hello, Horace. Old friend. Gildy, I just talked with Miss Buckley. Well, yeah, I guess you know all about last night, then. Oh, yes. Miss Buckley is such an impulsive woman, she couldn't keep your little secret. <laughs> Judge, no matter what you think of me, I gave you my word. I did it for your own good, and it cost me plenty. And me, too. Oh? Judge, I even assessed the Jolly Boys $5 apiece to help finance the evening. Gentlemen, I don't know how to thank you. Gildy, old friend, I had no idea you'd go to such lengths to help me entertain a client of mine. Client? Thanks to you, I'm now in charge of all of her property in Center City. (laughs) Mr. Gildersleeve, I want my five dollars back. (laughs) You be waiting till I get my watch. How do I get into these things? Great Gildersleeve will be right back. There's only one margarine at your grocer's that brings craft quality right to your table. It's Parquet, the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. Is that you, Uncle Mort? Yeah, it's me. What's the matter, Uncle? You're dragging. Who, me? I'm not dragging. I feel fine. Everything work out all right with the judge's lady friend? Oh, yes. She went back to Center City. You saved the old judge from a cruel fate, didn't you, Unc? Huh? Oh, yes. And then for me, goodness knows what might have happened to him. And you didn't have any difficulties at all. Me? No. You have to get up pretty early in the morning to catch your old uncle. I'm Foxy. You sure are, Unc. You bet. Oh, by the way, Anki, here's a little package a man left for you. The package? What man? The manager of the Blue Goose Roadhouse. <laughs> what? It's your watch that you left in hot last night. Oh, my goodness. See you later, Foxy. I was ambushed. Good night, folks. Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Arthur Q. Bryan, Sarah Selby, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. Music by Jack Neekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Delicious cold cuts for luncheon or supper make a welcome change of pace from the hot meals you've been serving. Easy to fix, too, but here's a tip. 
Be sure there's delicious craft prepared mustard on the table. Because when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. There are two kinds of craft mustard. Mild craft mustard, so smooth and delicately spiced. And craft mustard with snappy horseradish added to give it extra zip. Keep both kinds on hand for different tastes. Next time, get craft prepared mustard. Tonight, be sure to hear your humble host on NBC. Oh, my. Yeah. The judge, he was in danger. This is my favorite kind of danger music. <laughs> Went good for today's show with the judge being in danger, being snared by that old Mona. Mona. I like the way the Jolly Boys all came together to find out what's going on with this Mona and the judge. Even the even the great Gildersleeve sacrificed himself <laughs> by going out with Mona seeing what kind of lady she was. But I think the judge, all he was interested in was living it up. Here is Doris Day. When you're feeling low and the odds say no, don't believe it, old man, cause it just ain't so. Live it up, live it up, live, 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 live it up. It's an uptown thing when you feel that zing, so get with the daddy and have your fling. Live it up, oh live, 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 live it up Oh the blues may haunt you, they may nag and taunt you But they won't want you if they buy that you're a happy pappy So spread some joy with the hoi polloi Then old lady luck will say that's my boy Live it up, live it up She sounds like she's serious about that. <laughs> she says, live it up, judge. She don't care if he might be taken advantage of. After all, I, I guess at the judge's age, it could be fun. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that was Doris Day rocking it out, huh? From 1955, Doris Day recorded that song, Live It Up. You don't often hear Doris shaking and rocking like that, but uh, hey, I kind of like it. Yeah, uh, taking a page out of Joni Summers' book, perhaps, huh? Yeah. 
Uh, that was Doris Day. She says, live it up to the judge and the... But the Mills brothers, they're concerned about the judge because he thinks he might get hurt. Because you know the Mills brothers say, you always hurt the one you love. Here are the Mills brothers. You always hurt the one Shouldn't hurt at all. You always take the sweetest rose and crush it till the petals fall. You always break the cup. With a hasty word you can't recall So if I broke your heart last night It's because I love you most of all You always heard Shouldn't hurt at all. You always take the sweetest rose and crush it till the petals fall. You always break the kindest heart with a The Mills Brothers here on Sounds Like Radio. You always hate the one you love, yeah? Well, now the Jolly Boys were concerned that Mona would be hurting the judge, but the judge had other plans. You know, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't even in love with Mona. He just was trying to, to get on the good side, have another client, and be happy like that. Well, the judge had his plans. And they weren't exactly love plans. But 
That's all right, because that means the judge is safe from having his heart broken. Now, I thought you might be concerned about a little follow-up story to last week and my daily trials and tribulations, yes. Yes, remember I told you last week about my plumbing problems. Yeah, water problems in the house, trouble in the home. Yeah, I needed to get two new faucets put in, one in the bathroom, one in the kitchen, and I, I had to have the, the toilet in the bathroom there. I had to have it uh, uh, fixed. The uh, innards weren't working. The toilet wasn't whooshing down like fast like it used to. Well, the plumber came a couple days ago, and he and he got most of the job done. Yeah, yeah. He put a brand new faucet in the one that I bought, and he put the other faucet in the second one I bought. He so I got brand new faucets now in the in the kitchen and the bathroom. They look very nice. I got to figure them out. Uh, unfortunately, the plumber took the directions with him, but I. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get the stopper out of the bathroom faucet in case I want to put a little tiny snake thing down there when the bathroom faucet clogs up. But at any rate, it looks good. It looks beautiful. And the water comes out just nice and smooth the way it should. The kitchen faucet, I can spray it around. You know, it's one of them fancy ones. Well, it's not that fancy, but anyway, it looks good. Well, the toilet now, he did uh, some sort of a it must have some sort of elect electric plunging thing because it made a big loud noise. Sound like he was drilling. But anyway, now the water flows nicely. The clog that was the trouble, the main trouble, the clog is gone. Now the toilet does whoosh, except for one little problem. The innards of that toilet, he said, are special types of innards, and they don't have them in the stores. They got to order them with a special order. So I am currently waiting for the plumber to call me back and tell me that he's got the innards of the toilet, the tank I'm talking about. And when that comes in, he says he's coming back and putting them in and then everything will be a-okay. <laughs> so I'm happy. The toilet does flush nicely now, so I don't have to worry about it flooding over. I just need to get the innards in there and... Uh, I think then it would be perfect, but right now it's about 90% there, I can say that. So I'm a happy fella. Now that I got my new faucets and the toilet whooshes again, I'm happy and I'm happy because I'm loved. Because Sophie Tucker says to, <laughs> to the judge, you've got to be loved to be happy. Here is Sophie Tucker. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do some very plain speaking to folks who are constantly groaning and shrieking about aches and pains they seem to endure and vague puzzling ailments their doctors can't cure. They're generally folks married 10 years or more who suffer from ills they never had before. They don't feel just righted or sleep as they should. Still, they keep going to doctors who do them no good. They're grouchy and cranky. Their nerves are all jerky. Now, look, we're all over 20. So let's talk plain turkey. You've got to be loved to be healthy. That's the easiest way to keep well. You can't get rid of your ills with those powders and pills. You need love and affection. 
for that schoolgirl complexion. There's nothing like romance and kisses to build you up when you're run down. If you've got backaches, sideaches, frontaches, fevers, chills, you don't need any doctors. No, sir, you need one of those thrills. You've got to be loved to be healthy. And I'm the healthiest galantine. There are physicians, surgeons, dentists, chiropractors, masseurs. All have their favorite remedies, their theories and cures. You pay and pay and every day you keep on getting paler. The truth is you don't need a doctor. Yeah, you just need a sailor. They'll say get out of doors. You must have sunshine, they'll warn you. Why, the moon has done more for me than all the sun in California. They'll tell you to exercise out on a tennis court. I say do your exercising in that well-known indoor sport. You've got to be loved to be healthy. That's the easiest way to keep well. If you can't sleep at night and your stomach's not right, you'll soon be hale and hearty if you meet the right party. A good man's kiss is worth 20 doctors or specialists of great renown. For years, a doctor tried to cure a sick friend of mine. One day the doc was out, the nurse was in, now my friend's fine. You've got to be loved to be healthy. And I'm the healthiest gal in town. Whoa, she sounds healthy, doesn't she? <laughs> Sophie Tucker, she's got to be loved to be healthy. I believe her. She made a believer out of me. Yeah, the great Sophie Tucker. One of her classic songs that she used to sing. Ah, now here we have a show about a lady named Mona. Now the first song that came to my mind was Mona Lisa. And I thought, well, all right, I'll play that. But then I thought, wait a minute, that, that's just too obvious. i got to find songs. i got to scour through the music library here and find songs other than Mona Lisa. You know, to go with the Mona in the show today. But then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why should I pass by a perfect opportunity to listen to the great Nat King Cole singing his classic Mona Lisa. Here is the wonderful Nat King Cole in this beautiful stereo version. You know, I always say Nat King Cole's songs are great because of the background accompaniment, the instrumental accompaniment that he has, the great orchestra leaders that he used, uh, Nelson Riddle, and uh, you, you name them, I can't think of them all right now, but he had such great orchestra leaders that really made his music stand out. Here is Nat King Cole and a Perfect example of that. Here is Nat King Cole and Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. You're so like the lady with the mystic smile Is it only cause you're lonely They have blamed you For that Mona Lisa strangeness in your smile Do you smile to tempt a lover, Mona Lisa? 
is this your way to hide a broken heart? Many dreams have been brought to your doorstep. They just lie there and they die there. Are you warm? Are you Just a cold and lonely, lovely work of Tempt the lover, Mona Lisa. Or is this your way to hide a broken heart? Many dreams have been brought to your doorstep. They just lie there and they die there. Are you warm? Are you real? Mona Lisa Are just a cold and lonely Lovely work of art Mona Lisa Mona That really is beautiful, isn't it? Nat King Cole and the wonderful orchestration that backed him up. He truly made his songs, in my opinion. Of course, Nat was a great singer, but those orchestrations, man, you can't beat them. They are perfect. Uh, yeah, Mona Lisa, Nat's classic, probably his biggest hit, Nat King Cole. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's Great Gilders Lee from January 30th. 1952. We even got to hear a little follow-up to my plumbing problems. Yeah, loads of plumbing problems, but they're going away. Oh, he still has to come back and do finish up the job, but it's mainly all done. So I'm satisfied. <laughs> Hope you're satisfied with the show today. We will see you again next time for more Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host here, only here on Sounds Like Radio and, of course, on our Library of Sounds. Till next time then, so long for now. Goodbye, everybody, and thank you for listening.